God bless you. You take care. There's a gift card in there for you as well. Amen, amen. Unexpected blessings at Tabernacle of Praise. Amen. It's good, it's good to bring your family and friends. Bring them here where they can experience the power of God through prayer and worship. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, I, I just need to make some important um, announcements. I need you to pay um, close attention. I know some of our people are still um, moving in and, and, and everything. And so, but this is very important. I don't, we online, so good. I want the whole world to hear some of this stuff today. Amen. Thank you. I need some water too. Amen. Make sure y'all get some water, family. Get some water. Amen. All right. Here we go. If you see my slides here. Remember the $25, amen, um, for our, our missionary. We want to be able to sponsor this. At the end of March, we are completing our, our assignment. We, want, we are raising $2,500. So far, we have raised $1,800. Amen. Praise the Lord. So those who are still um, giving, remember the $25. Um, you want to put that in, and the total will be $100. Amen. And so I appreciate you sponsoring the National Association for the Prevention of Starvation as um, children are moving around the world to bring relief to those who are suffering. Also, um, how many of you are married? Raise your hand. You're, you're happy you're married. Amen, amen. Yeah, some of y'all are like. All right, all the single people in the house, raise your hand. You're single, you're single. I'm looking, man, I'm looking, I'm looking. Now, some of you all are single, but you're dating, right? If you're single and you're dating, but you're dating, raise your hand. You're dating somebody. Oh, boy. Man, we got work to do. But anyway, you can be happy and single, right? Amen, amen. But here it is, here it is, here it is. Here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I want you to save the date, okay? For those who are married, all right? Even if your marriage is not the best, save the date. You're telling your husband, you're telling your wife, you go into this. Amen. Also, those who are not married, but you are dating somebody, perhaps by May the second or third, you're going to have somebody by God's grace. Amen. You got to pray for a godly man and pray for a godly woman. Amen. And so, and so if you are dating, but you're not married, but you're dating somebody, I want you to save this date because um, we're bringing um, laugh your way to a better marriage. All right. And, and you have yeah, two days. You can go on May 2nd or you can go on May 3rd. Just choose a day. But I need you to go. I need you to go. All right? And so laugh your way to a better marriage by Mark Gunger. Mark Gunger. What's happening there? You're going to laugh. Anyone like to laugh? You're going to laugh. And then you're going to listen. All right? You're going to listen. And then also you're going to learn. Right? So you're going to laugh, you're going to listen, and you're going to learn. Those who are part of my marriage group, you know, you know this guy, right? It's very, um, it's good, good information. You're going to laugh a lot, but also you're going you're gonna to learn, my dear friends. And so I want all of our married couples, all of those who are dating, who are single, that you're dating, I want you to be a part of this. So uh, our communication team, they're going to send out a, a survey, and you fill that out. Now, here it is, here it is, here it is. There's a price. Amen. We go to the dentist. We go to we go to all the hospitals. You don't want to pay for some some counseling. Hello, somebody. Hello. Hello. Is it, not everything is free. You pay for some good stuff, right? But I need you to go. I need you to go. Here it is. The first 14. 
14. Couple. What is 14? Couples to sign up. Right? Ready? You're married? Or you're single? I'm going to give you $35. The total is $70 per couple. I'm paying 50%. So from now, all you have to do is save $5 a week to get to the 35. Is that a deal? Be the first to sign up, though. All right, it's coming, it's coming. And so please, um, go back to my slide, family. Go back there. All right, so I want you to you hear a lot about it later on. Also, next week, we have a powerful speaker in the house, um, Pastor Roger Wade. I mean, this, this, this man is a seven-day Adventist Christian preacher. So you need to be in the house. Tell your friends and your family about it. Tell your dogs, your cats, you're going to worship God. But you need to be at Tabernacle of Praise on next week's Sabbath. Do not miss this sermon. It's going to bless your soul. And then also at 4 p.m., he's going to talk to the entire slam community. All of the congregations in our city, they're coming right here at Tabernacle of Praise at 4 p.m. on next week's Saturday. So Tabernacle of Praise, you got to be in the house. You got to represent, amen? And he's going to give a powerful presentation, growing younger, growing younger. You want to you hear this presentation. So that's next week, Sabbath. All right. Now, what else is, is happening? I'm so sorry. This is one of the worst announcements I have to make. It's my farewell Sabbath on the 21st. Oh, don't boo me. Don't boo me. Don't boo me. I'll, I'll, Praise the Lord. All blessings, God is good. You know, you you know what's up. But uh, you know, it's going to be a great day in the Lord. I want you to tell all of your friends, your family, those that I I poured into, those who are not even members of the church, but I poured in into your family and friends. Invite them to come. Invite them to come, and we're going to have a great time. Your family will be in, and then there's a gospel concert that at 5 p.m. Want you to be present as well. We're just gonna we're gonna end this thing in a celebration. Amen. Gonna have a wonderful time. I'm gonna cry. I know I'm gonna cry, but I, I'm gonna be here by God's grace. Amen. And so and so I love my church. I love my church. Now here it is. This is a serious announcement. Y'all been hearing about the coronavirus, right? I need you to listen now. This is not even a sermon, but I don't know what God is gonna do right now. Many times you don't hear a lot the stuff that is happening around this world. Don't just, don't just count on the news station to give you information. Don't just count on the government to give you information. They're not going to tell you everything. You got to hear the truth in the church. And so this coronavirus is serious. All right? And so you can see some of the symptoms, fever, chest pain, chills, rapid heartbeat, breathing difficulties, pneumonia, and kidney failure. This stuff is serious. And so, and so, sore throat, headache, and all of the coughing, shortness of breath. Just because someone is coughing, man, don't, 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 don't shun them, okay? All right? But we got to protect ourselves, correct? Um, um, the flu is still dangerous, right? The flu is still dangerous. The cold is still dangerous. But remember to protect yourself. Wash your hands, right? Wash your hands. You have to sneeze. You have to do anything. Make sure you do all of that, right? Protect yourself. You got to be smart about it because this thing... Is, is, is spreading around. I haven't heard anything that is happening in, in Missouri as of yet, but we got to be prayed up, family, right? But what's happening? What's happening? Why, 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 why all of this, this thing that is happening around the world? What's, what, what's causing it, my dear friends? 
I want to give you a text. I want to give you a text. Look at this. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 2. Always go to God's word and see what God, what's, what's happening in these times. You formerly what? Walk according to the cause of this world. According to the prince of the power of the air. Who's the prince of the power of the air? That's Satan himself. Are you all listening? Of the spirit. That's not capital S. Of the spirit that is now working in the sons of. What is this saying? Those who walk in disobedience. Man, you are following the spirit of devils. Are y'all listening? And this is how some people were walking and living by following the prince of the air. One that brings destruction. The one that brings um, um, despair and death and sickness and pain and suffering. People are following the spirit of the enemy. Listen to me. Don't let no one talk to you while I'm talking about this. What's happening? Right now. What's happening? Look at this. This quotation is from the Seventh-day Adventist Church, Caring for Creation, a statement on the environment. Look at this. The human decision to disobey who? Broke the original order of creation. Resulting in a disharmony alien to his what? Thus, our what? The very ear we are breathing. And the waters that we drink, waters in the ocean, the rivers, the lake, are what? Forests and wildlife, what? And natural resources are what? Exploited. Because of disobedience. Now look at this one. Look at this quotation. You're not going to hear this on the news. Unfortunately, Corruption and exploitation are being brought into the management of the human domain of what? Increasingly, men and women have been involved in a megalomaniacal code. Oh, I get that right? Right? There's a pathological egotist. That's what that's mean. that means right there. Destruction of the earth's what? Resources resulting in widespread what? Suffering environmental what? And the threat of climate what? These problems are largely due to human what? And the egocentric pursuit of getting more and what? More. The ecological crisis is rooted in humankind's what? Greed and refusal to practice what? Good and faithful stewardship within the divine boundaries of creation. What is this saying? As men continue to become corrupt and greedy and selfishness, you think coronavirus is it? Uh-uh, uh-uh. There will be more diseases, terrible diseases, destruction that will come to this earth because people are selfish. They are greedy and they are disobedient. They ain't gonna tell you why this is happening. But this is what's a, this this is a cause selfishness. There's something worse than coronavirus. It's another virus. You know what's it called? Sin. Three letter words. Sin. It's worse than coronavirus. Sin. It hurts. It breeds corruption. It brings jealousy. 
It brings separation. It causes people to, 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 to run away from God. But look at this. Look what's happening though with coronavirus. See, people are not talking about sin. And church people don't want to hear about sin. Don't come in my closet. Don't tell me how I'm living. Just make me happy. Don't tell me about suffering. Don't tell me that I have to make a change in my life. People don't want to hear this stuff. But what's happening with the coronavirus? Everybody now paying attention. Every now, everyone now putting on a mask. Everybody want to just give a fist bump. Don't hug me today. A lot of people don't want to be in, in a large crowd like this because they're afraid that they're going to get the coronavirus. They're going to get sick. They're going to get contaminated. And so they're doing everything to protect themselves. And you got to do that. But open up your spiritual eyes. See what is happening. What the enemy is trying to do, this, this one who controls the air, he's trying to give you the spirit of fear. He's trying to make sure that you don't fellowship with your brothers and sisters. Stay at home. Don't do anything. Just stay locked up in the house. Continue to live how you want to live. So that you won't get the virus. Just stay away from people. Many churches around the world are shutting down now. Because they're, they're afraid. When it comes to the welcome time, people don't want to go around and hug nobody now. That's the fear of the devil that he has put in mankind. What's going on in our world today? People are selfish and they're living in sin. And it's going to get worse. But you better, you better listen to me today. Listen to what God is saying. You want to protect yourself against the coronavirus? You better protect yourself against sin. Huh? You're trying to run away from people sneezing on you, but you're running and hanging with people who continue to live a corrupted life. Just how you resist in virus, he says resist sin. Resist the pleasures of this world. Oh, I preach God's word. Are y'all listening? A lot of people have died. And millions will die because they refuse to be obedient. This is how I am and this is how I'm going to be. Keep up with that attitude. You're going to go straight to hell. I'm just being plain. You go straight to hell. God loves you. So as a steward of this body, your body belongs to God. It's your responsibility to listen to your creator and follow him and only him. It's your responsibility to make sure that you eat right. They have diseases that are in the animals. You eat right. Sugary food and drinks, you can avoid it. Drink lots of water. Keep this body pure. Be careful what you watch and what you listen to. Being faithful stewards. You allow the spirit of God to move in your life day by day and you live for him you have no need to fear because God is with you. Amen?
The only antidote, scientists cannot figure it out. How do we cure sin? You can't cure it. Only God can do it. You got to live for him. He's the one that will give you strength by day to walk in his way and to live with him. So my dear friends, that's our stewardship nugget today. Now you know why we have sickness and pain, right? Live for God. It's thank offering time. Anyone have a praise report today? It's thank offering time. Our children are going to come. And they're going to go around and pick up our thank offering. Come on, kids. Come on, kids. They're going to go around. But there's, is there a testimony in the house today? A brief testimony. Come on, just come on. Very quickly. Okay, I just want to say, ever since I've been coming up here giving testimonies, I've been getting more testimonies to give. So they say when praises go up, then blessings are coming down. So I want to say, first of all, thanks to um, my church family, Pastor um, Kyle, my brother, who was going for surgery, and really, it really lifted his spirits. He told me that was just so kind of him to do that. And so I want to thank him, and I want to thank my sister who sent me a text. And I was really frustrated, aggravated, and that text was a Christian text and the Bible verse for me, and the Lord just blessed me, so I felt so much better. Also, my daughter's in Nashville. She did not get touched by that tornado, and in fact, she slept through it, but my, my granddaughter got up. She's three years old, and she came in her room, and she said, Mommy, the wind is scary, and so she said, get in the bed with me. She didn't get up and run. So I'm just praising the Lord for his goodness. He is answering our prayers and um, all of you guys need to take some time and give God a testimony. Happy Sabbath family. Just wanted to give a, a quick praise report. I thank and praise God for uh, delivering my sister and healing her. Oprah had a stroke uh, this week, we had to rush her to the hospital. Her whole left side of her face had taken turned. She could not walk. And the ambulance had to come pick her up. But praise be to God, he touched her body in the hospital. She was at Christian Northeast Hospital. And she's doing fine now, and they just bought her home. We bought her home yesterday, so she's at home resting. So I thank and praise God for saving her life and giving her glory. I just want to thank the Lord. I couldn't leave town without coming in here and thanking my church for all the love you gave me and my family. I, I, I didn't know how to do it individually, so I want to do it collectively. I got a little small testimony along with that. Um, everybody knows I spoke about a car that, that somebody took all the wheels off of. I, I want to publicly thank Teresa and Paul. Uh, and I know it's not right, but I have to do it like that because... I, when nobody else was there, Teresa and Paul has walked this walk with me today. And I want to thank him. It's a lot of others. You know I know, and I, and I thank you. But, but Paul went further than the, than the homecoming. He went and found me a car, y'all, and, and went out there to see the car. And God had, God had me to have enough money to get the car. My kids was paying $900 a month for rent for a car, and it was killing them. They was on their way home, y'all, and it was so funny. 
because I've called them every two hours because, you know, it's an old car and they had just bought it. So we got on the phone and the fourth time I called her, she said, Mama, the check engine light is on. And I went, and she said, uh-uh, not on the car we brought, on the rental car. <laughs> so they named the car, they named the car T.T. Mia. And T.T. Mia hadn't stopped running. They said, <laughs> they said it's the best old car that they ever seen. So y'all continue to keep our strength in the Lord. I'm leaving. I just had to pass through. And just let everybody know that I love you. You've been a you've been a great church family. Don't forget about our family. Please, y'all, y'all will always be my home. I love you. I love you. I love you. Amen. I just wanna, you know, I keep looking up and I see a lot of women get up. So when the men gonna get up? We wanna praise the Lord too. So in the middle of all this scare and corona me and my wife had enough nerve to pray and ask the Lord to bless us to go on a cruise so you've heard a lot of news a lot of stuff about these cruise ships but I want to thank him for getting us down to Florida getting us on a cruise ship one of my prayers when we first started was I like Lord help me and my wife to be a witness for you helping people see us we're not just there having fun and and, and sharing stories about our little excursions but let them know who we are, that we belong to the Most High God. So every night, so when you, get, when you get on the cruise ship, you get this little card. It tells you where your room is, your name, and the table you sit at every evening in the dining hall. It's, that's your table. So it's about 10 of us at the same table every night at the same time. So we get a chance to talk about different things in our day. So when food comes out, Karen kind of grabs my hand, and we just kind of quietly bow our heads and, and pray. That was the first night. And the second night, well, the third night, there's two sisters that sit at the table, and they kind of said, uh, oh, are you guys praying? And so Karen said, well, you want to pray with us? I said, sure. So half the table kind of prayed. The other half was kind of talking. Well, the next night, we kind of opened it up and said, well, we're going to pray before we eat. Do you all want to pray with them? And it was like, yeah. So for the next, what, four or five nights, every night before we ate, everybody at that table grabbed hands. I either prayed or Karen prayed. And I just thank the Lord because that was an answer to prayer. Help us to be shown as kings. We're, we're sons and daughters of the Most High God. Not just on a cruise ship, but on this ship serving the Lord. Anybody want to pray for us this morning? God, thank you for this night. Thank you for letting us survive another day. Thank you for letting us come to church one more night. Thank you for forgiving our sins in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 everyone that's comfortably able to please stand to your feet. 
children could have been lost this week. Someone could have come in your, on your job and be upset and just wipe everybody out. We're living in a sinful world. You get to cover your family every day, every night with prayer. So come, we want to cover you today with prayer. Come on, the Lord, everybody. We're praying for our sick. We're praying for relationships. We're praying for breakthroughs. We're praying for your education. We're praying for our government, our city officials. But we have no need to fear because God is our light. Save the Lord. Come on, y'all know that song. And mine. Come closer, family. Come on. And look what I mean. Come on. Say who? Let this be your song this week. When you're going through. Let this be your song. Let's go. Whom? Whom shall I fear? That's your prayer today. This week. You have no need to fear. Can you tell me And it seems like God is not moving. You have no need to fear. Because the Lord. Frame, you know, 
trust. Lord, we thank you for all you do for us. There's nothing we can do for ourselves. So you take care of us. Thank you for keeping and sustaining us. Lord, we seem to be running away from you. Running with sin. Running and carrying our sin burden. But Lord, we remember that you have an open arm. And then you call us. Say, come unto me. All that labor and are heavy laden. Lord, we come to you with our sin burden. We pray that you roll our sin burdens away. Help us not to run anymore, but to stop. Lord, help us and turn our lives around. That all we do and say and think will be what you've commissioned. Lord, we've, we've come before you because we have issues. Every single one of us has an issue. And you know it, Lord. Then you tell us to ask. Not because you don't know. But you want us to acknowledge that it is you and you alone that answers our prayers. First, we want to thank you for, Lord, keep giving charge to your angels to protect us in Wellington. You promise us that your angels will come around those who place their trust in you. Lord, we pray that you heal his broken body. That is your business. You, you, you created us, Lord, and you know every single soul in us. Which one is broken? Which one needs mending? So, Lord, be with him and heal him. For him alone, we commit joy into your hands that you heal her too. And all who are sick in this church, we remember Elder Harris. Lord, we pray that you hold his hand and keep him upright and keep him walking. Remember Elder Brown. Pray that you go to him wherever he is, and Lord, bless him. And we remember Sister Doris and uh, Sister Eddie May. Uh, we remember Sister Teresa Harris. All your sons and daughters who are sick in this church, we commit them into your hands. And Lord, as you said, every one of us is sick in a way. So may your healing spirit, Lord, flow in, in here and among us. Lord, touch every one of us. Even as we go back to our seats, Lord, Give us the assurance, the confidence that you've answered our prayers. Lord, you've said to go out and make disciples of all nations. Today, as we go out, we, pre we pray that you prepare the way for us. Yes. That we might go and meet someone. Someone needs healing. Someone needs hearing your word. Someone needs turning around and coming to you. May we meet that person today. We thank you for all you do for us, Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. Praise the Lord. Come on, sing that song as you go back. Come on, let's sing it like we believe it. The Lord. Uh-huh. Wait on the Lord. Come on. How many gonna wait on the Lord? Come on. That's your trust. Wait on. And be of good courage. Come on. Say wait. 
This is an old school gospel. Yeah. I'm gonna wait and say be off. Say who? We're getting ready for offering time. It's offering time. Amen. It's offering time. You give to the Lord God as being great. Amen. He's been merciful. He's been so gracious to us. And that's why here at Tabernacle of Praise, we return unto the Lord a faithful tithe and a faithful offering. The tithe don't belong to us. It belongs to God. It belongs to who, everybody? It belongs to God. So I made $10 this week. I give God a dollar, 10 cents. Amen? Amen. Amen. 10 cents out of every dollar. And then I give him a free will offering. A free will offering can be any amount. Who says amen? But we give because God has given us. And when we give to God, man, the Bible says he'll open up the windows of heaven and pour you down a blessing. Not just financial blessing, but some of you need some peace. Amen? You need some rest. Amen? You just need God to hold you together. This is this is divine blessings that the world cannot give you. And so your money, God will take it and he will use it. And God says, do not rob yourself of his divine blessing. So you give, you give, you give to the Lord. Amen. I feel, I feel that we're going to shift that. We're going to just go to every praise. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, accept these offerings. And we pray that your will be done. And I pray, oh God, that men and women be saved as a result of us giving you praise. And as a result result of us. I'm sharing the gifts that you've given us through the week, oh God. Thank you. That is you that give us the ability to gather wealth. And so we return unto you a faithful tithe and a faithful offering today. Bless your givers in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Alright, sing with a smile. Come on, every. Every praise is to our God. Let's take it up. 
it wasn't for the grace of God, where would any of us be? Any of us. Oh! Uh -huh. 
Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord for his saving grace. Nothing but the grace. Somebody ought to shout hallelujah. preach the word today, I, 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 was, I was, I said, man, I can't give you a nugget, I can't give you a nugget, I get, I get to give you something, but to get ready, the word, you should have received the message magazine, you have that, uh, you'll get one leaving, so ushers, I praise the Lord for our junior ushers doing a wonderful job, Amen. so please, ushers, as people leave, make sure everyone do we have one of the message magazines? Armed with a passion to rescue people from human trafficking. Want to check this out. There's something in there about Snoop and Kanye West. Check it out. Check it out. Great stuff to read and to share and the individuals that you are connecting with through the week. It's good to see everyone in the house. Amen. 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 Everyone here and great worship service thus Thus far, my family, they are in Ohio today, um, Cleveland, Ohio. This is a season of transition. And what's happening is that Papa Hearst, um, this is his last day at his, his church as well. And, and so they, they went down to surprise him since I'm not able to be there. And, and so it's a blessing um, that they made it there safely. We're going to get into the word. Are you ready for the word? Yeah. All right, take your Bibles and turn with me to Matthew chapter 20. Matthew chapter 20. I would like for us to look um, at a story of a mother who wanted only the best for her sons. And she had great dreams for them. She wanted her sons to have the places of highest honor. That's the context that we're dealing with today. If you have, you have the word open, stand to your feet as we honor God's word. Matthew chapter 20, verse 20 to verse 28. Then the mother of Zebedee's son came to him, came to Jesus, with her sons, kneeling down and asking something from him. And he said to her, what everybody? 
she said to him, Grant that these two sons of mine may sit one on your right hand and the other on the left. Where, everybody? But Jesus answered and said, you do not know what you ask. Are you able to drink the cup that I am about to drink? And be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? They said to him, we are able. So he said to them, you will indeed, what everybody? My cup and be what? Baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with. But to sit on my right hand and on my left is not mine to give. But it is for those for whom it is prepared by my father. And when the ten heard it, the other ten disciples, they were greatly what? Moved, displeased with the two brothers. <laughs> but Jesus called them to him himself and said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them. And those who are great exercise what? Authority, power over them, right? Verse 26, yet it shall not be so among you. But whoever desires to be, become what? Great among you, let him be your what? Let him be your servant. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your what? Not just a servant, but a slave. Just as the Son of Man, that's Jesus, did not come to be what? To be ministered to or serve, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Are you able? Are you able? That's our sermon title today. Are you able? God, we are in your word. Speak, Holy Father. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Praise the Lord. Are you able? We live in an ambitious world. We want to know who's the best, fastest, the smartest, the strongest, the loudest, the longest, and the richest. Right? We want to know that. That's why the Guinness Book of World Records is a yearly bestseller because we just need to know who's the greatest. Let's face it. Life is about winning and losing. That's why for many, many people, they keep score. That's why we love sports and board games. We love that stuff because we need to know, we want to know who's up and who's down. Want to know who's hot and who's not. And that's why this mother came to Jesus. In the great game of life, she wanted to make sure her boys came out ahead. If that meant asking for a favor from the Lord, she was glad to do it. Because she felt like her two sons deserved it. She had big dreams. How many have big dreams for your children? Right? She had big dreams, and, and her sons had the, uh, large ambitions. And despite what some, some people, may think, ambition itself is not evil. 
Are you listening? If you don't have any ambition, why bother getting out of the bed every morning? You might as well just, just roll over and stay asleep and don't do anything. Ambition is merely a strong desire regarding the future. As such, it can be positive or negative, good or bad, righteous or evil. It can be very useful if we are ambitious for the right things. Are you listening? So let me ask you, what are your, Kaya, what are your ambitions? What gets you excited? What gets you out of the bed? What motivates you? What do you dream about? What are some of the great things that you are hoping to accomplish this year and in this life? It is said that there are two tragedies in life. One is to lose your heart's desire. The other is to gain it. The setting of this text today is crucial. The event that took place is recorded in two of our Gospels, Matthew and Mark. It occurs near the end of Jesus' ministry. In fact, it takes place about a week before the crucifixion as Jesus and his 12 disciples are making their way to Jerusalem. They're walking. These are the final action-packed days as the clock ticks down toward the climax of Jesus' public ministry here on this earth. While Jesus is coming to grips with the bloody death that looms before him, I mean his top man, his, his 12 homeboys, his 12 disciples are aiming for better seats in his kingdom. They're trying to make their way and work their way. Who's the greatest? Listen to me. Who can blame them? Who can blame them? Everyone wants to be somebody. Hello. We all want to be near the center of power, the center of attention. And we say, or at least we think, if I can't be somebody, let me be near someone who is somebody. That way we can bask in, in the reflected glow of greatness. It's easy, my dear friends, it's easy, let me talk to you. It's easy to feel that knowing God entitles us <laughs> to special preferments, to special treatment, just because I know God. Many walk around saying, Lord, I'm your servant. Hmm? Lord, you, 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 you have to answer this prayer. Lord, I've been faithful to you now. Oh, you've got to keep your end of the bargain. That as a background, look at the conversation. Look at the conversation. Two verses. Here it is. Then the mother of Zebedee's sons came to him and her sons, doing what, everybody? Kneeling down and asking something from him. He said to her, what do you wish? She said to him, grant that these two sons of mine, forget about the other ten, <laughs> may do what? Sit, one on your right hand and the other on the left, in your kingdom. Let me break this down. You've heard perhaps this text before. 
It's easy to criticize this woman. A lot of people, they criticize this woman. In reality, she was doing what any parent would do. Hello. Can we really blame her? She wanted her, her kids to, to, to have the best. She wanted her kids to get ahead in life. Anybody want their kids to get ahead in life? Didn't Jesus say that? Didn't he say that? Many Bible commentators, they suggest that this woman who's coming before Jesus, she is the sister of, of Mary, the mother of Jesus. And then her two sons, that makes her two sons, Jesus' cousin. And so now, hey, here comes auntie, and here come the cousins. They're coming to, coming to Jesus, and they say, man, Jesus, man, you got to take care of your family members first. Auntie and cousins, they're looking for Jesus to hook them up. Anybody looking for Jesus to hook them up? Must have been quite a scene. Says his mother, she kneels before him. Mm-hmm. She acts with, with great respect. Great respect. She's kneeling. She's not pointing the finger, she's kneeling. She says, please, allow my two sons to have the seats of highest honor in your kingdom. At this point, we come against a danger all parents face. All parents. It's easy to want our children to fulfill our dreams instead of the dreams God has for them. Often some of us who are parents, we try to force our children into a mold of our own choosing. Let every parent ponder this truth. Your desires... And God's desire for your children may not be the same. Having said that, I should add that there are several arguments in favor of what this mother did. Several arguments. First, she clearly, look at the text, she clearly believes that Jesus will one day have a kingdom of his own. Not many people living at that time believe that. And there are people living now, they don't believe that. But she says, your kingdom, though Jesus, the one before her, though her, her nephew, he don't look like a king. Huh? He looks poor. Huh? There are no fanfares, no soldiers around him, nobody chanting his praise. He's not wearing a crown on his head, and he's not walking around puffed up. He's not looking like a king. He's not talking like a king. But oh, my dear friends, this mother, she looked, she looked closely. Because to the untrained eye, to the untrained eye, it looks like this guy is not the king of kings. This guy is not the Lord of lords. Yet this mother saw past the superficial to the day when Jesus would indeed reign king of kings and Lord of lords. You got to give this mother credit. She believed when others doubted. Uh-huh. Here's the second argument. It's clear that Jesus loved the sons because he gave them, he gave them the name, the name, the sons of thunder. Huh? You love people, you give them a nickname, right? You love them, right? And then the third argument, here's the third argument. There were, these two men were among the earliest disciples when Jesus started his ministry, James and John. Here's the fourth argument, how close these individuals are. You remember those who know the story of the Mount of Transfiguration? 
Uh, when, when Jesus went up to that mountain and, and, and uh, his heavenly father, the glory of the Lord filled that mountain and, and Elijah the prophet and Elijah the Moses and Moses came down and they, they began to speak to God and, and these disciples, James and John and Peter, they were up in the mountain with God and they saw the glory of God. They saw the light of Christ and they realized that man, this is the Messiah. He is the anointed one. He is the Savior. Why shouldn't she ask that our boys have the seats of highest honor? Why shouldn't they have the place of power and prestige and intimacy? After all, someone has to sit on Jesus' left and on his right there in his kingdom. It might as well be James and John, his cousins. Give them the hookup. And another thing, it couldn't hurt to ask in advance. Hello, somebody. If you read the other gospel, I'm just, I'm just putting a twist on this one. If you read the other gospels, right, it is clear that this was a recurring controversy among the disciples all the way um, there in that upper room dealing with the Lord's Supper before his crucifixion. Who's the greatest? Man, God, hook us up. Huh? No matter what you may think about James and John and their mother, the other ten disciples, Judas, hello, Thomas, these other ones, guess what? They wanted those seats as well. Hello. Somebody is trying to take your power. Somebody wants what you have. These men, these 12 men were very competitive. They were keeping score in order to get ahead of each other. Break this down. The basic problem is that James and John underestimated the cost of following Christ and they overestimated their own importance. They didn't ask, look at this, they didn't ask for work in God's kingdom. No, 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 no. They wanted power. They wanted the best seat. Mm -mm. They, all, they just asked only for a place of honor. Seniority was their plea. They said, man, God, we're being here longer. We were one of the first disciples that you selected. We should have the seat of honor. They said, man, I know your kingdom is coming, but we need you to make an early decision right now, God. Make it right now. And perhaps they intended to trade on family ties and friendship to get a high place. Listen, it is not uncommon for people to use their relatives or their relationships they have developed as a means to achieve some greater position for themselves. There are a lot of truth in the saying, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Hello. We often find that positions are not filled with the person best qualified, but the person with the best connection. So the aunt of Jesus, you can understand this text now. The aunt of Jesus and her two, her, and Jesus' two cousins are now in his presence. And they're coming, the Bible says, they're kneeling. In other words, they're stroking his ego. Oh, merciful Father. Gracious God of heaven and earth. Stroking his ego. Ah, they, they, they're buttering up. You better be careful for people who are always trying to butter you up. And they're looking for bragging rights. I'm with Jesus. I'm next to him. 
Nonetheless, what will Jesus say to their bold request? Listen to this. Notice how he treats them in verses 22 and 23. But Jesus answered and said, you do not know what you what? Ask. It's all right, it's all right to ask. It's all right to pray for some, some things. But you better be careful what you're asking for. He says, ah, you what? Able to drink the cup that I'm about to drink and be baptized with the baptism that I'm baptized with. Holy Ghost, help me to preach your word. My dear friends, Jesus, look at it. Look at, look at how Jesus treats these people. Jesus doesn't rebuke the mother. He's not rebuking her sons. Many times people point the finger. Oh, they're so selfish. Look at them. No, no, no. He's working with people. Look at it. He doesn't deny, in this text, he doesn't deny his coming kingdom or that there will be seats of honor. Leaving aside selfish motives for a moment, there's nothing wrong with the question but say, God, let my children have the seats of honor. Huh? Jesus simply tells them that they do not know what they're asking for. Then he asks a man if they can drink the cup he's about to drink. He says, are you able to drink the cup? What does the cup represent? Here it is. If you take your notes, a cup is a common Bible figure for what? Suffering? Or what? Are y'all listening? You don't know what you're asking for. As the cup stands, let's write this text now. As the cup stands for the suffering of who, everybody? Remember, he's getting ready to die. He's ready to go to the cross, right? Baptism, not by water, no, not by water, stands for his what? Stands for his death. Now, with commendable bravery, bravery, these men reply, we are, what everybody? We are able. Amen. Somebody not connected to that power. <laughs> Mercy, Lord. That's another sermon. Say, so we are able, right? I mean, these men are confident. They are, they are brave. And, and, and they are honest. They, they're being honest. They're being very sincere. But not smart. Mm. What am I talking about? Let's be honest. Sometimes our perspective gets a bit, bit out of whack and we forget our limitations. We forget our limitations. Perspective. You know Muhammad Ali? Anyone? Y'all know about Muhammad Ali? Famous boxer? Hmm? One day he went on a plane and the stewardess asked him to buckle up his seatbelt. Muhammad Ali told the woman, hey this, Superman, don't need no seatbelt. The woman quickly answered, the stewardess said, Superman, don't need no airplane either. Limitations. Call yourself Superman, go out and fly yourself then. Limitations. You got to know your limitations. You got to know your limitations. Some people want to be great, but they don't know their limitations. You don't know what you're asking for. Oh, man, I wish I could, I could be like that. Be like him and 
be like, boy, you don't know what they're going through. Notice how Jesus treats these men. Jesus doesn't turn them down. And he doesn't put them down. He doesn't say, hey, man, hey, James and John, forget about it. Forget about it. You'll never have a place of honor at my table. Not at all. Not at all. He merely raises the bar. He raises the bar. You want to sit next to me? You want to sit next to me? Uh-huh. Fine. Fine. Here's what you need to do. Here's what it's going to cost you. You want to know the price that you're going to pay. He says, are you ready to be betrayed by those closest to you? Hmm? Huh? Are you ready to be arrested for preaching in my name? Are you ready ah, to be misunderstood and falsely accused? Are you ready to be mocked by the world because, the, because you believe, you, you believe that the Bible is still God's holy word from Genesis to Revelation. You believe that God's Sabbath day, the seventh day of the week is still God's holy day. You believe that marriage between man and female is still God's standard. Come on somebody, no matter what the world says, you believe these truths. You stand up for the right. He says, are you willing? Are you willing to go through some days of sunshine? Days of sorrow. Are you willing to remain faithful to the word while those around you are compromising their faith in order to be liked? In order for people um, 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 to be next to you and, and for you to all just have friends. Sometimes we, 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 true friends will tell you the truth. They're not going to, they're not going to sugarcoat it. Some people just want these superficial, man, come on. We better wake up. Know who are your real friends. If I see my brother doing wrong, I'm going to speak up and I'm going to tell him in love. You see how people going down astray? We laugh about it. We talk about them behind their back. We hide around social media and just just let it be. That's why so many people are losing their power. Jesus says, man, are you able? When you study the Bible and history, this is history. When you study this, these two men, Jesus' cousins, James and John. James, who came asking for that seat of honor. When you read Acts chapter 12, right after the gospel of John, this brother was beheaded. Chopped his neck off. Why? Because he's preaching in the name of Jesus Christ. People were upset. The rulers of that time were upset. People are going to be upset when you stand up for God's word. Then John, he was the last disciple, one of the last disciples to die. Matter of fact, they, they, they put him in a, in, 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 in a tub of boiling oil. Anyone ever had some oil just went on you while you were cooking? Ain't no, no joke about it, right? Some of you perhaps will even cuss when that when you know. 
But guess what? They thought I was going to kill him. Listen to me, D. The brother didn't die. That's history. In a top, hot boiling oil, did not die. They said, man, something, 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 I don't know. He had a different power. Something to vote this guy. So they just say, you know what? We'll put him all by himself. Nobody around. Put him on an island by himself. But I'm so glad. When you read the book of Revelation, the Bible says that John was in the spirit on the Lord's day. Mm, when Jesus encamp around you when nobody else is around you, he kept company with Jesus and the angels. And that's why we have the book of Revelation. We have the gospel of John. We have the, the letters of first and second and third John. You spend time with the Lord. I love the way this preacher he sums up the Christian life. Leonard Ravenhill. He says, God isn't training Boy Scouts. He's training what, everybody? He's training soldiers. He's right. If you follow Jesus, you'll work long and hard. And the pay won't necessarily make you rich. Let me pause right there. You see, some people don't like this type of gospel right here. As I said earlier, people just, man, just make me happy, preacher. Just tell me about prosperity, preacher. Tell me how to just, just, just smile at everybody. Yeah? Don't tell me about the hard times. Huh? They won't hear this one. But I'm preaching it today. We'll say it again. If you follow Jesus, if you follow Jesus, you'll work long and hard. And the pay won't necessarily make you rich. But, whoo, say but, the retirement benefits are out of this world. Woo, I'm talking about eternal peace, eternal rest. Eternal joy, everything with Jesus is eternal. Yeah. You're working hard for some things that will not last long. Yeah. And in fact, you say, man, your money, your wealth will burn up one day. Right. Why lay your treasures down here? Instead of lay them up in heaven, man. God says, man, I have a better deal for you. Do you want it or not? Do you want it? James and John came to Jesus that day wanting to talk about the glory, but Jesus replies by telling them about their suffering. Jesus wants to know today, he wants to know today, here it is, are we willing to sacrifice everything that is dear to us in order to follow him? Are you willing to sacrifice your work? Huh? Your bunch! Your family, in order to follow me. Think about it. Think about it. If the answer is yes, then you can share in the rewards. You only make this kind of commitment when you have found something worth giving your life for. 
Being a Christian requires true commitment. Jesus also informed James and John that he wasn't in charge of the seating arrangements in the kingdom. He says, it's not mine to give. Who's in charge? Jesus is just the host. You hear me now? His father, God the father, uh, he's in charge of the seating arrangement. You hear me? What's important is not where you sit, but you're there. I just want to get through the gates. Anybody just want to get through the gates? I just want to take a seat at the welcome table because, hey, get, get me down. We don't have 2020 vision, some of us, huh? But you're going to have perfect vision. And this table is going to be long. I mean, long with millions of people at the welcome table. But, oh, my dear friend, because you are in the heavenly presence of the Lord. You are going to be close to Jesus. So it doesn't matter where I'm sitting. I just want to have a seat. Anybody? So he says, man, it's not mine. It's not mine to give. Uh, you got to understand something. Hear me now. Hear me now. In the kingdom of heaven, position, what everybody? Is not awarded on the basis of influence or favoritism. Nor can it be earned. Well, God, I just gave $100. I just gave, I just gave my last. Looking for brownie points. Position is awarded exclusively on the basis of fitness. And fitness is measured by the spirit of service for others. It is overcomers, who everybody? Who will be invited to sit with Christ on his throne. Those who, who, who remain steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the word of God. Those who, who remain faithful to God. Hey, he says, you are the overcomers. You will inherit. I know you went through pain. I know you went through hardship, but you remain faithful and true to me. Temporary crown. But you don't want the cross. You want the blessings of the Lord every day. But you don't want to walk in obedience. Family, this whole episode in our text today began with the bold request of, of the mother, by this mother of James and John. And it ends with a heated dispute. The brothers, the other brothers, the ten disciples, when they got word, now notice they did not know no, no um, Facebook or Messenger back then. Somehow, somebody started gossiping. And the word got to these other men. Now they are angry. Think about it, though. It's perfectly natural. Because of sin, we humans are born to compete, to fight for the top spot, to look out for number one. 
Winning and losing is what life is all about. Whether we admit it or not, getting ahead of our friends is a major motivation in everything we do. Mm -hmm. But before we condemn these men and this woman, look in the mirror. Am I being selfish? Or am I looking out for number one? Hmm? Jesus doesn't condemn these men. They're arguing, man. man how, why did you go to Jesus? Why did you ask for that spot? Hmm? Arguing. They can't even do right. They're mad. But Jesus used their bickering as a teachable moment to challenge them to channel their ambition in a brand new direction. Ambition has become something of a dirty word in our day because many people, for many people, it implies an overwhelming desire for personal advancement regardless of the cost and regardless of who is hurt in the process. Let's face it, there is entirely too much of that kind of ambition in the world. In every company or office or factory and in every school and college, you can always find a few people who are willing to do anything that will help them climb the corporate ladder. They cut corners. They lie on their expense reports. They, they, they spread malicious gossip. They abuse the authority. And they know how to stab you in the back and walk away laughing. And what is sad, that type of behavior is even happening in churches around the globe. Jesus knew all about men and women like that. And he understand that his followers were being tempted to use the same tactics. Man, I got to tear you down in order to get up. Because I want what you have. With four simple words, he radically broke with that kind of ambition. He says this, he says, not so with you. Not so with you, those who, who call, you call yourself Christians, not so with you. Then he painted an entirely different picture of ambition. He says, man, do, do, you, want to be, do you want to be a leader? Do you want to be a leader? That's great because the world needs good leaders. Huh? Let me break it down a little bit more. Do you want to be that teacher? Do you want to be that nurse? Do you, do you want to be that doctor? Do you want to graduate? Do you want to do these things? That's great. Good stuff. Should have that ambition. But he says, do you want to be that leader? You want to be successful? Let me show you how. Pick up. Pick up. Mm-hmm. Pick up a towel. Become a servant. Mm -hmm. Become, become, become like a slave. Mm -hmm. Become this, this type of person who's willing to pick up the towel and start washing the dirty feet. Mm -hmm. Think of yourself as a slave and not as a master. Because some people just want position to lord over people. Huh? 
In saying what he did, Jesus offers a complete rejection of the world's way of doing business. He said, instead of using people, we serve them. Instead, instead of lauding other people, we serve them. Instead of dogging people out, we serve them. Instead of being mean to those who are being mean to us, we serve them. This is the cause. This is how you know who are true disciples of Christ. Who are willing to serve. No matter what. You can understand true authority arises out of servanthood. Jesus accepts the premise that ambition can be good and godly. It's the pathway that is different. It's a good thing to want to lead if you want to lead Jesus' way, though. It's a good thing. A real leader asks how he or she can serve the needs of others. They do what needs to be done without making a big deal out of it. I don't have to have a title to pick up something. Hello, somebody. I just see a need and I begin to do it. I love what what, what, um, Chrissy started doing. She picked up that camera. She had a camera at home. She went to Best Buy. Got some, got some, got the charger, and she started taking pictures. You don't need a title to do ministry. Just pick up yourself and get up and do something. Maybe you just want to be served, Elder. But Jesus said, become a servant. As we close, the gospel song brings this truth home in a very practical way. Lord, help me to live from day to day in such a self-forgetful way that even when I kneel to pray, my, my prayer shall be for others. Help me in all the work I do to ever be sincere and true. Know that all I do for you, you must needs be done for others. Savior, help me in all I do to magnify and copy you that I may ever live like you. Help me to live. says, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to what? Give his life. This is Christianity in one verse. This is true religion. Jesus is the ultimate servant, and he is not only our example, he is our servant. So as he was there in that upper room, he knew that Judas was, was about to betray him. He knew, he knew that, that, that his, his closest, one of his closest disciples, Peter, was going to deny him three times. When Peter said, I will never deny you. But Jesus knew it. These 12 men, the feet are dirty because of walking on the dusty streets. It's muddy. And in that culture, there was always a servant at the door ready to wash the feet of those who were coming in before they, they went to the table to eat. But everybody went to the table that day. No one said, I'm going to wash your feet. But Jesus got up from the table, took his towel, and he bowed down. The creator bowed down to his creatures. Y'all got it? Y'all missed that. In the text, the creatures are bowing down 
To who? Jesus. And ask him for favor. But now it twists, it turns. The creator bows down. And he begins to clean the dirty feet of these men that will talk about him. Those that will, will not be there when he needs them most. Those that will not come to his rescue when the soldiers are beating on him and slapping him and putting the crown of thorns on his head when he needed them most. He had all of that in mind. But he was still willing to wash the feet of his disciples. Some of you know that some people don't like you. And so you stay away from them. You stay away from them. Is that the attitude of Christ? You refuse to serve those that really, they're not in your circle. You don't want to serve them. They're not part of the clique. You don't want to talk to them. You don't want to mingle with them. You don't want to be kind to them. Jesus says, this is not the way. I'm showing you a better way. You want to be great? That's, that's fine. Want to be a leader? That's fine. But are you able to love the unlovable? Are you able to smile to those that are not treating you right? Are you willing to lend a helping hand to that brother or sister that is in need? Are you willing to go through some stuff? Huh? What are you willing to endure for my sake? Because remember, he gave his life a ransom for many. What are you willing to give up in order for your child, your neighbor, your friend, see Jesus working in you. Are you able to be like Christ? If the answer is yes, God says, God says to you, well done. Well done. Well done. Thou good and faithful didn't do it. You didn't do it. You didn't do it for, to be popular. You didn't do it for people to sing your praises. You didn't do it for riches. You did it because you believe because you love me. you serve. I'm speaking to somebody. That's why you serve. You want to give up on some people. But you got to go back home. You got to go back home. God knows what I'm talking about. Listen to me. God knows what's happening. Go back home and serve your husband. Go back home and serve your wife. Go back home and serve your children. Serve the people on your jobs. 
Serve your people that God is bringing to you. No matter how they treat you, you serve. You don't need a title. Serve. Just be a child of God. Who accept God's word today? Who accept God's word today? Father, in the name of Jesus, your word went forth. Thank you, Lord, for being a our advocate. Thank you. Thank you for showing us how to be more like you. How to lead like you. How to serve like you. Help us to be merciful. Help us to be kind. Help us to point others to you, oh God. Help us to be a light in a dark world. Help us, oh God, to always want to be great. To always want to be that leader. God, help us to be that person that you desire for us to be. God, we want to just be like you. So God, if we are on the wrong path, bring us back on the right path. Thank you for sending your son to die for our sins. I mean, he willingly gave himself up. He took our place on that old rugged cross. So that I, so that you, are able to be free, be able to be forgiven, to be saved, to be part of his heavenly kingdom. So God, we just say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Before I close this prayer today, Lord, I extend an invitation for someone to accept you as their Lord, their Savior, as their friend, their Redeemer. I pray, oh God, that they will open up their hearts to you. You promise to enter in. So today, if there's someone who's saying, Lord, I accept you, my Savior, just raise your hand and put it back down. That's that invitation. That's that free gift. You are accepted. Nothing else you don't need to do. Just believe. Come to him in faith and he will not turn you away. You're saying, God, I accept you. Anybody? You raise your hand. God, I accept you as my Savior. My friends, he sees your hand today. God, we say thank you. Thank you for the hand that went up. Thank you for that brother accepting the free gift of God. Now, Lord, prepares for service as we move to eat the food today. As we move beyond these walls, go and extend a helping hand. Lead us and guide us. Let us have a wonderful week. I pray that you'll bring us back here on Wednesday evening to study your word at 6 p.m for prayer service at 7 p.m. and then on this coming Sabbath where we continue to worship you in spirit and in truth. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on and put your hands together for God. Were well, you blessed? Have a wonderful day. God bless you. And see you downstairs for Fellowship Meal.